accelerating into um, a whole different reality, and that's probably uh, something that we need to contemplate. There's one thing that we can be um, guaranteed of is change, 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 change. And uh, we've got to keep a handle of uh, what's actually happening, not just in the natural, because there's so much information rushing towards us. We've got to keep a handle on what God's saying. Otherwise, God gets squeezed out. So one of the key things that we've got to do in these days is find time to uh, pull up and, and rest and get still and, and reconnect with God. Uh, you know, I think youth have got a huge challenge on their hands. Because how many songs downloaded every day? Illegally, by the way. 694,000 songs. as poor bands, so they're not getting there. You know, they're not getting paid for that. So, uh, But there is so much information just crisscrossing, colliding with us. And that's another thing you've got to be careful of, that you don't, you don't allow stuff to cross-grain what you believe in. Cross-grain is like farming terms that you plow in a particular way. You sow seed in a particular way. And if you were to cross that path uh, of that, that, that grain, it actually, it's not a good thing. It actually ruins the crop. So you've got to be careful what you're assimilating, careful of, um, I guess, uh, of, of living in these times. And basically, that's my admonishment to you right now. Let's look at this scripture in Daniel 12, verse 3. A couple of scriptures this morning. Read you a couple of blogs, finish up with a scripture, and we're done. We're all doing well? All doing well. One of the key things of a pastor is to bring you into the prophetic time zone of now. The Bible says now is the faith of substance, of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. So it's now. It's not yesterday's faith. It's actually now. Say now. So we, we, we are always being challenged to bring ourselves to the now. Love this scripture because it's prophetic and it determines actually and it substantiates what we actually just watched. Daniel 12.3 says, Those who are wise, say wise, will shine like the brightness of the heavens. I believe this, that God wants the church to shine in these days. I, I believe, honestly believe, that if we shine, people will see our God, they will see Jesus, they will see Christ, and guess what? Aussies will get saved. Who's in for that? Do you know what I mean? It's very important. And another thing, that when you're filled with the knowledge of the world... You lose your shining. How's, uh, Jeff, you're in the house. How's Katie going? She's pregnant any day. She's in the house? What? Any day, man? What? 17th of May. Okay, so we still, isn't that fantastic? One of the things I notice that when I have a good session at the computer and have a good session with information that you lose your spark, you lose your glory, you lose your, you lose your countenance. And so there's a balance there. There's a balance to, to keep shining. Here we go. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens. And those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. But you, Daniel, close up and seal the words of the scroll, meaning that he was downloaded some serious stuff. But God says, fold it up until, until the time of the end. He was given revelation, but God said to him, just, just roll that up because that is for a future time. 
That's for a future time when I will begin to really invigorate the planet and outwork my plans, my last day's plans. So here it is. Many will go here and there to increase knowledge. Is that happening? Do I hear a yes? Many will go here and there for knowledge. Here and there. And that clip we just saw would have helped you understand that's what's actually happened. Knowledge is accelerating. Knowledge is accelerating. So this was on a blog. It's from, a, a, uh, on, from Facebook, from Rodney Howard Brown. He's the, probably the reason we're in ministry. We had a full-blown encounter with God through Rodney Howard Brown's ministry in 93 and then 94. Actually, every week, every month of 93, 94, and then especially down at Brookvale in the warehouse, 95, 1995, we had a full-blown encounter with God that propelled us in the ministry. I'm talking down at 95 in that warehouse, C3, Oxford Falls. The Rodney Howard Brown ministry was like a Mack truck was like a Mack truck, and we have never been the same since. Hence, God is um, st- strategically uh, positioning people, but calling people, and uh, he's re- I believe he's realigning people. We've got people coming up from Sydney, uh, some good people coming up, that are making plans to be in this church. We're in this house for one service and said, God is calling us into this church. I feel God is calling us into this church to help finance this church. They're young entrepreneurial people. They see the vision. They cried through it. When they heard the vision, they cried through it. They heard it in their heart of hearts. And they honestly feel that God is calling them up from the northern beaches to be positioned on the central coast to be planted in this church. Is that good news? There's others coming. There's others coming that are going to position this church to really accelerate God's plans. Are you with me? Are you with me? This is not a church where you just sit on your rusty dusty and, and sing Kumbaya. This is a house where we want to see, where we want to see you empowered and defined to live your best life. And your best life is about this. It's about living in faith, hope and love, knowing the love of God knowing that you are called for a season, for such a time as this. There's so much we can do on this planet. There's so much stuff we can buy into. There's so much knowledge bombarding us, coming at us at a thousand million miles an hour. But if we lose our definition, if we lose our cutting edge, if we lose our divine uh, true north in God, we're just going to be just career and... We're just going to be going down, downstream with all the rest of the flotsam and jetsam. Uh, just, just going downstream, whatever, 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 what, no. But the Bible says that we should be pushing against the grain of the spirit of the age and we should be pushing through and, and, and advancing the kingdom of God. Very hard to advance the kingdom of God, let me say. It's not easy. It doesn't come by just, just easy peasiness. It comes by people who pray. Who turned up Tuesday night and prayed? Who turned up? Praise God for you people because without you people, we are going nowhere fast. The worst thing that can ever happen to a church is it lays dormant, lays dormant in a time zone that is far removed from the now. One of the key things a senior minister must do is propel the church forward through indivision 
in the vision. The minister's eyes must be open. He must see on the horizon of what God wants to do in the here and now. And he's pushing collectively the people and all you people and your resource, who you are, your prayers, your time, your talent, your worship, your praise. Everything that you are in God is being propelled into the future to help God do what he needs to do on the planet. Is that cool? I want to read you some blogs, but I'll read you this scripture. One, I think it's in Isaiah 60, verse 22. God is accelerating his plans. Say that. God is accelerating his plans. Here we are. We're probably just about 100 here on now, but guess what's going to happen, guys? And it's happening already. Here it is here. Isaiah 60, verse 22 the least of you will become a thousand. That youth group, Andrew, get ready. There's a a divine touch of God on it. And at a given time, get ready. The incoming influx of souls, the people that are coming to, to, to gird you up, also leaders, also people that can help you do what you're called to do. You've had the vision. You've seen the vision. Get ready, son. There is... and. Well, it's happening. The Newcastle couple, uh, a great couple doing Bible college, Garth's friends. He's a drummer, by the way. They got married on Friday. Excellent young couple, mid-20s maybe. They're on their honeymoon. They're joining us in two, three weeks' time. More good people are joining us because God is accelerating. Look at James. Thank God James is gone. Thank God. Thank God. I could. Uh, yeah, yeah, come on. Here it is, Isaiah 60, verse 22. More guitarists are coming. Daniel, Daniel wants guitarists to turn up. We need bass players. We need drummers. We need people that can help us do what we're trying to do in this church. This is a big dream for little people. This is a big dream. And we're we're asking God now, God, send the troops. Send the troops. We need them. Here it is. The least of you will become a thousand. The least of you, this church that's represented in Australia, apparently, help me with stats, 3% of Aussies go to church, 3%, 4%, something ridiculous like that. Uh, The least of you will become a thousand. The smallest, a mighty nation. I am the Lord, and in its time, I will do this swiftly. And I like how it carries on to Isaiah 61 verse 1. And this is surely happening through various ministries of the earth. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. There's ministries conferring a special anointing on the saints and upon churches. It's happening right now. If you're wanted, you can be anointed. If you want the anointing, you can be anointed. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captive. So many people captive out there and release from darkness for the prisoners. So many people in darkness, no hope, no hope. Isaiah 61 verse 2, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of the vengeance of our God. Well, that's, that's in a future day. That's not right here right now, but that's a day when God cast judgment on the planet to comfort all who mourn. Isaiah 61 verse 4, they will rebuild the ancient ruins. What's the ancient ruins? What's the ancient ruins? I believe it's the church. And restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities. They will renew the ruined cities and that have been devastated from generation from generation. This is what I honestly believe. God is rebuilding the church. 
God is rebuilding the church in power. In power. We need power, guys. We need power. The Bible says there's a form of godliness denying the power therein. We need power. We need, we need the engine room. If we were to go into the engine room, if this was a boat like the, like a massive boat with big turbines, we'd have to be, we, we'd hope to be seeing that those turbines were, were being fueled by the prayers of the saints and by the commitment of the saints. Because that's how the church works. Here's a blog for you. This one lady says, it means we are living in exciting days, days the prophets of old foretold and longed to see. Now with all this information technology, all the world can hear the message of the gospel and we can get the job done and go home. When I was a young girl in the 60s, uh, must be about my age, I wondered how Jesus would accomplish all this. Could never have imagined it. Thanks for sharing the video, Brother Rodney. Uh, another lady says, with these tools, the church can be mobilized very quickly to reach entire nations with the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Who does Facebook in here? Who does Twitter? Who does Facebook again? Just put up your hand, Facebook. You can actually follow the church, follow the soccer club. How'd the soccer team go? Oh, I don't like that. They just, just, they just did this to me. They were doing well up to about half time. What's it? Look at all the excuses. Look at all the excuses. What are you saying? Almost one. Almost one. Thank God Jesus didn't, didn't say that. Almost one. Oh, bad luck, guys. Look, I'm out of here. But no, he won. Praise God. So we want to do some winning, guys. I don't want us next weekend. We're going to win. I'm going to turn up and make sure it happens too. We're going to have a special day of prayer and fasting for this soccer team. They haven't won a game yet. C3 Tugra Crusaders, great big emblem. Lots of money spent on the jerseys and for love. No, I'm only joking. I'm only joking. They're an awesome team and they're going to win B grade. Let's not get presumptuous. A grade, we know we're a little bit out of contention there. But, but B grade, can we win B grade at least? Can we? Can we? Please. After all, I'm an Englishman. I've got to win the... the, the I've got to win this game. This lady says, with these tools, the church can be mobilized very quickly to reach entire nations with the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Another lady said, he said in the last days that knowledge would increase and also that the days would be shortened. Anyone feeling like the days are shortening? Man, when I was at school, that three o'clock bell, man, that took forever. Forever. I'm looking at watches and clocks and... No, and they, they, they accuse me of daydreaming. Phil would do really well if he stopped daydreaming. No wonder I was daydreaming. The days were so long. I've I got plans, places to go. I, I'm daydreaming what I'm going to do in the future. My dad gave me my report cards. He gave them to me. I'm not sure if I'm real happy about it. Two years ago, he said, oh, I'm cleaning out stuff. I found your report cards. Oh, great. What did the teacher say? He's a dreamer. He's a daydreamer. He could do it. No. Take him back. <laughs> He said in the last days that knowledge would increase. See, the knowledge is increasing. The report cards and knowledge, stuff's increasing about your past. Uh, and also that the days would be shortened, whether this is taking place in an occurrence of the earth shifting on its axis or whether the increase of the fulfillment of events to complete the work of all uh, coming to the knowledge of the gospel of truth. And he also said that, uh, yeah, it goes on, I'm just crunch these. Another lady said, it is awesome to see how much the creative spirit, this is, inc- this is interesting, it is awesome to see how much, so these are blogs, I'm reading out blogs, 
from that video. People saw the video and, and wrote back these blogs. It is awesome to see how much the creative spirit has erupted in the, in the last 300 years. God is awesome. Going to live life in these days the way we should. Blessed. No stress. Free. No stress. Stress-free from the things of the world. Showing the loss, the love of Christ, with signs and wonders, miracles, compassion. She's talking our language, to the poor and the fatherless. Wow. Another lady said, where are these all ladies? Where's the guys in this? This is a guy. We are the last days. We are in the last days. Knowledge increasing is just one of the signs. I do believe the technology can be useful for the gospel. The enemy is sure to use it for his purposes. I believe God has been waking us up for a while, Mr. Brown. I believe the birth pains have just begun. We are truly in the last of the last days. I know that we do not know the time nor the hour, but with the rapid increase in knowledge and the groanings of the earth, the earth's groaning. Oh, all that oil spilt over the ocean in, uh, off the coast of America. It's really groaning now. It would not surprise me that Jesus will come back in this decade. I worked in software development for 10 years. And to look back where we started from and where we're at now, no one in the early stages of desktop computers would have we are where we are at at this moment in technology. Another person said, one must be very close to God to understand how to live in these days and not fall under these crazy wheels. Crazy wheels of information, technology, fads, stuff that's happening. We've got to be careful we don't get crushed by those wheels. I like that. Daniel 12, 4 again, but you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall increase. I wonder if we could uh, pull that scripture up in Daniel 12, 1. Uh, I, I need to go there just quickly. It'll help me. Daniel 12, verse 1. Let's, let's go. Yeah, let, let's go to. Tell me when it's up, Jules. Thanks. Up, yeah. Up. At that time, Michael, the great. This is a chapter of the last, last days. Who believes we're in the last days? Who believes we've got plenty of time? Chill out. Man, I've got a superannuation program happening here. I used to travel with a Jehovah Witness. And uh, way back when I was about 26, 27, and uh, I used to take him to work from home to carry on. And, and, uh, and I queried him. I said, you're in the super at work? He said, oh, no, I'm not doing that. No, us Jehovah's, we don't do super because we could, we could be gone any time. I went, wow, that's radical. Wow, okay. Um, 12.1, at that time, Michael, the great prince who protects your people, will arise. There will be a time of distress. I'll tease that out with another scripture in a moment. Time of distress such as not happened from the beginning uh, of nations until then. But at that time, your people, everyone whose name is found written in the book, the book of life, will be delivered. Verse 2, multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth. I really think that's talking about people that are asleep to God. Asleep to God. 
multitudes that are asleep in the dust, in the carnality of life, is the dust of the earth, will awake some to everlasting life, others to shame, and others to everlasting contempt. Ah, But there's going to be a massive revival. But you, Daniel, said that. This other person had a little, little, I don't know if it's a song. She says this, throw out the lifeline. We are in perilous times. That was that word I just used there, distressful times. Throw out the lifeline. We're in perilous times. Throw out the lifeline across the dark wave. There is a brother whom someone should save. Someone's brother. Oh, who then will dare to throw out the lifeline? His peril to share. Throw out the lifeline. Throw out the lifeline. Wow. Um, This other person says, through a sequence of events, I believe that all this technological acceleration will come to a sudden and screeching halt uh, immediately before the great and terrible day. The hearts of men have become, uh, this, is, this is a good statement, the hearts of men have become incredibly desensitized to spiritual things in the technological and informational rat race. Who, who believes that? That, that people's, I, I'm noticing that unfortunately with some, some youth, they're becoming desensitized. You know, in my day, we used to walk to school without things in our ears. And in that time, God would be able to get to us or we'd actually be able to throw up a prayer or his presence would be able to come around us as we're down the creek playing with the tadpoles. And uh, do you know what I'm saying? Anyone know what I'm saying? Am am I that archaic? Am I that old-fashioned? But there was times. Now it's got to be the radios on, the the iPod, the the, the something's got to be in, around. But God says, give me time. Give me your time. Give me some space. Give me some space. Just, just allow him some space in every day. Be careful, guys. Be careful. This other person says, another blog says, sounds prophetic to me. The ways and the means of rapid communication in the natural is evidence of what is happening in the Holy of Holies. No distance, time. What God has been doing with us all along, communicating with us, communicating with us. Who believes God's been trying to communicate with them this week? Who believes that? Who believes that? Who's had a, a time of prayer? Who actually had a time where it actually worked? You know, you can have time where you can throw stuff up like a shopping list. Julie gives me a shopping list. She gives it to me on my Blackberry now. I mean, and I, I throw it out and I ask people, help me, where's, where's this stuff? I don't know. And strange people, I get lost in the supermarket and I just ask random people, Where, where's this though? People freak out. Well, I don't work here. I don't care if you work here or not. You look like you know how to shop. So, And, and some people love it, some people don't. Some people get freaked out. So, oh, you know, what else do you know? I don't know. And uh, so I'm not talking about a shopping list. I'm talking about actually finding traction, uh, connection. I'm talking about like connection, broadband connection. Like something's happening, going to and froing. Who had prayer like that? Again, I need to see. I'm doing a survey. I'm doing a thesis on, on, on the health of the church. Yeah, couple, couple. Okay, still got life. It's not dead yet. The damsel's not dead yet. Um, what God has been doing with us all along, communicating with us, knowing that we are living in what I believe is the final hour. 
God has been manifesting himself all along. Wow. And that's a wrap. Love you all at Rodney Howard Brown. 2 Timothy 4.5. Lastly, with a couple of scriptures. But you, do I have 2 Timothy 4.5? I'd like the people to, to, to read this with me. Not read it with me, but follow me as I read it. So with that, I get this as a conclusion. So, so with that, I get this as a conclusion. I believe the times are accelerating. I believe there's a lot of information out there. I believe God's going to use it for his kingdom, that the enemy is using it for his stuff, that stuff is coming into people's homes that should never have come in there. And people are seeing things and hearing things that people have never, even small kids, please keep, keep the innocence of your kids. But it's valuable. It's valuable. Be careful what they're seeing on TV, that you can spoil the kid's innocence like that. Keep their innocence, because that innocence believes in God. I'll have a keyboard play if I can. And, uh, and, uh, and uh, God's doing something. This is my admonishment to you. What's an admonishment? It's encouragement and it's a warning. Uh, what's admonishment? It's encouragement and it's warning. Uh, and, but but it, it's encouraging to you. 2 Timothy 4, 5 says, But you keep your head in all situations. Can I have my Blackberry jewels? Actually, this is about technology it's it's amazing stuff but you but you keep your head in all situations endure hardships do the work of an evangelist do the work of an evangelist who's witness to anyone this week <laughs> well, well hang on when i say witness you didn't say jesus is lord and he's the way unto salvation no i'm not talking about that i'm just talking about you are friendly to someone um one of my classic lines, I'll give you a clue and uh, to the checkout people that often get very bored in their jobs and, and, the, and they don't treat you as a person. So, and it's no wonder they have so many people, sorry, Leone and people like that who do that job, but sometimes you people just get into this state of, yeah, product, yeah, yeah, who cares who you are? Yeah, no. and, and so, but I, li- I like to sort of stir up the conversation. One of my classic lines is, um, and it didn't actually work the last time I did this, Jules. Jules, get a mic, get a mic, help me with this story. I, I, I didn't plan to do this. but so, so what I like to do is make, one of the complications has been, has been called that everywhere you go, people matter. So shopping centers become a huge burden to me. I don't find much solace in shopping centers because every soul that walks by me has, is, is a dilemma to me that they need to be saved, healed, set free, transformed. So shopping centers and all the people walking by, actually, it it really doesn't, uh, it really doesn't do me all that well. So I said to the lady at the checkout, um, and this lady, you could tell she was a complete Nigel. Is that all right to say? She had no friends. She, She was, I could just tell. She was a lady in the late 20s. You could tell that she was no way married or even had a boyfriend. You could tell she had dandruff. Uh, she, she, anyway, I shouldn't get described. Someone might know her. And I could, I could, yeah, she needed to shave. And, and it wasn't here. It was in Port Macquarie when I was shopping there. So, yeah. <laughs> And uh, so I said to the lady, yeah. um, after a few goods went by, I said, uh, seen any live bands lately? And usually, oh yeah, I went and saw Pink, oh, I went and saw 
someone. Oh, if they haven't seen a live band, then I would say, have you ever seen? Have you been to a a production lately? Have you been to maybe a concert or a production, a theatre or something? You know, I'd find a way in there. But this lady was emphatic. She said, "No, no, just like that." It was like, "Don't talk to me." Never. Oh, okay. It was like, no, it, never. It really sort of jarred me, even me. It sort of jarred me. And then I, what did I do then? You what said, did... oh, have you ever seen a, a concert? She said, never, never in my life. Yeah. But then you got her. That... She said, is there anyone you would like to see? She said, oh, I really like pink. And then she said, that was it. You got her. Then it was pink this and pink that. Gully raker. Pink of, was everything. A gully raker of, um, yeah. Conversation about yeah. who she'd like to see. And, yeah. And she just sparked right up. She did. And then, and then, blood entered her body again, and life, and yeah. and she she looked at me and 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 started to engage. That was connect. it. You got her. And yeah. and for what? Five minutes. Yeah. She and was course, a captive audience. Captive audience. Yeah, she was. And at the end of that, I was able to say, "Hey, you know, God loves you or something." Yeah. I had an interesting time. Just recently, right. I was down in Sydney at the hospital taking my mum for tests, ah. and I mum had to go in for a test. It took like an hour, so I had an hour to kill, and I was just going to sit there in the waiting room. And God said, "Go get a coffee." I thought, oh, okay. So I went to get a coffee, and I was going to go back into the waiting room. And God said, "Sit in that seat right there." And so I didn't question. I said, "Okay, God, you're boss. I'll sit in this seat right here." And so I was sitting there. I'm thinking, "Okay, what am I doing having a coffee here?" And the next minute, this elderly man came and there was only one seat vacant in the whole coffee shop next to me and he sat next to me and so I thought yep sent by God so I said hello how are you what's your name so I'm John and just had some really bad news I said did Johnny share this bad news with me about his heart and how he was going to have to have surgery and they didn't know if he was going to make it through and I said how do you feel about that John like how do you feel if you don't make it through like What's going on? You know, how, where do you think you're going to end up? And he said, "Funny, you should ask me that question because I'm a Catholic. You know, I go to, go to church every week. I've gone to church every week for years. And I actually went to my priest the other day and I said, "Are you absolutely, positively sure that you're going to go to heaven if you die?" And the priest said, "No, I'm not." And so I thought to myself, what hope is there for me? Right. And I said, well, it's great you sat here, John, and I just started to tell him about Jesus. And I gave him my testimony and I talked to him about when my dad died, how my dad cried out to Jesus and Jesus wrapped his arms around him and how beautiful it was and how perfect and beautiful death can be if it's in the hands of Jesus. And this old man just gets tears in his eyes and he said, what are you? Are you an angel sent by God? What are you? What is this? This is, this is, this is amazing. He said, Julie, I'll remember you for, for my whole life for what you've done. I said, let me pray for you. We prayed together. And he's just like got tears in his eyes and said, I can't believe God sent me to this place today in this place right here now to speak to you. And then as he got up to walk away, I said, he said, I'll see you. I might see you again. I said, no, the next time we see each other, we'll be at the gate of heaven. Will you wait for me? Will you you wait for me when I get there? And he said, I surely will. I'm looking forward to that day seeing you again up there. Anyway, I got a letter in the mail because I I gave him, yeah, I gave him one of my cards and all that, you know, and I said, you know, just let me know how you go with the operation and all that. So I got this whole package, all this Catholic stuff, you know. 
and all this stuff and all this saint stuff and stuff that he wants me to have to protect me and all this, which is really cute. But in there, there was this beautiful handwritten letter. You know, dear Julie, you don't know what it meant to me that day. God set me up and I'll never forget our meeting and I will wait for you at the gate. I'm really looking forward to that day. And here's a picture of what I think you look like when you get to heaven. It was this little card of this little saint with his long hair going, I cried my eyes out. It was just so beautiful. That's what can happen when you just get with people. And then this week too, you know, I had a phone call. I was in the office, just had a phone call from people that had been to Nathan's wedding. Unsaved people just said, you know, uh, my daughter's just given birth, stillborn to a baby. Will you come to the hospital right now and do a service with the baby? You know, and so race down, Katrina and I race down to the hospital, of course we will, we'll come and they got the baby, the baby was not living and they brought it into the chapel and you know it was really hard but all I could think about was I've got to get Jesus across to these people somehow and instead of doing a religious ceremony I just sat all the people down got them in a semicircle, got down on my knees and got right where their space was and I said let's commit this baby to Jesus and I laid my hands on the little baby and I said do you know that there is a heaven and all babies go to and it was just the most beautiful incredible experience to be with these unsaved people and then I got each one of them to lay hands on the baby and pray Wow! pray to God to release the baby into heaven and each one of them was and I was saying now just pray this in Jesus name and they're going in Jesus name they were praying, they were all crying. God just touched these Fantastic. people in an amazing way, Fantastic. you know what I mean? Yeah. What can we do if we just open up ourselves to God, yeah. be, be in his presence, as you said, yeah. and be in that moment where you hear God's yeah. voice, you're not plugged up with all this stuff. What if I would have had stuff in my ears and just checking out from yeah. the world when I went to the hospital yeah. and I would have missed John? Yeah. Yeah. Now, what if I would have been too busy in my office to even hear God say, you go there and you pray for that family? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's so important to be checked in with God. Jules, I honestly believe yeah. it's God's building His church. He's mobilizing His church, but He wants every single yeah. person to be an expression of God's love That's out right. to this world right, right now. We're living in perilous times. The Bible yeah. says, but mark this. In 1 Timothy 3.1, it actually says this, but mark this. These will be terrible times. Another version says perilous times. Another version says stressful times. Stress is going to be our, our yeah. common denominator. People are stressed out. And the Bible says we're living in these days, folks. We're living in these days. And it says too, in the last days, information will accelerate. That's happening. And, and, and then it says, in the last days, God will build his house. It will be like the mountain of the Lord and yeah. every other mountain will bow to it. And people are going to come to the church en masse, en masse. They're coming. And we need to believe for that. We need to, we need to pray into that yeah. for that to happen. But it That's says right. this, Jules, but mark this. These will be terrible, perilous, and stressful times. And I think the per perilous, stressful times is the distraction. Right. I see all these things, all this technology is brilliant. It yeah. is. I we love can it. get the gospel away. We can preach yeah. the gospel on Facebook. I do it all the time. Yeah. Amen. But they can be distracting. Yeah. Totally distracting. I'm a blogger. I love all this information. Yes, you do. So this guy sends me yeah. from Twitter. I have 1,200 Twitter followers. And this, I've never had this before. I've had people say, you know, thanks for the follow and, and whatever. But this guy actually is, is challenging me. He says, Hi, Pastor Phil. Why am I here? Question mark. 
Why did God, uh, capital letters, save me from the accident to live a hard life over again? Signed. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so it's working. The information highway is working yeah. for many ways, but it, it's, it's working for good too. That's great. I'll respond to him. I'll respond to him. And, it's, and the message is getting out there. The gospel's getting out there. Neil and I went to a party last night. We're getting the gospel out there, spreading the love around. I was there too. You were there too? Yeah. Oh, you must have been a beautiful girl. I was, I was eyeing off. Yeah. Neil said he'd introduced me to you. Yeah, I went home with you too. 2 Corinthians 9.8 And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things, 2 Corinthians 9.8 We can live the life in the last days. We don't have to be taken up and, and, and you know, we don't have to be stressed out. We don't have to be floating downstream, you know, taken up by the technological highway and by all the fads and all the stuff that's happening. We can live this life and God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. My last scripture is this, because I believe this, that God wants the church to shine. In Matthew chapter 5, it says this in chapter 16, right after the Beatitudes, you are the light of the world. C3 Tugra, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it. You didn't get saved to hide under a lamp. You didn't get saved to hide your glory, hide your anointing, hide your calling. You got saved to shine. Shine, Jesus, shine. And this is the day where we need to shine. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand. And it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and people will praise your Father in heaven. Let's stand. God bless you, Father. We thank you. We praise you. 2 Timothy 4, 6 says, For I am already being poured out like a drink offering. God wants to pour this church out upon this region and beyond. I am already being poured out like a drink offering. And the time has come for my departure. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. I say it again. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Father, we want to be a church that at the end of the day is crowned in righteousness and in cra- being crowned with the fact that we have completed what you have called us to do. So, Father, we stand in this holy place. We stand in this anointing, Lord God, and say, God, forgive us, Lord, if we've been swept up by modern times, by the acceleration of technology, that it has clouded you, that it has burdened us, it has polluted us even, corrupted us. Father, help us stand in these days and be pure, holy, called to fulfill, Lord God, what you have called us to do. Maybe you're in the house this morning. You're not sure if you're saved. You're not sure if you're bound for heaven. You're not sure if you know the love of God. You're not sure if you've ever felt 
the miracle of God working in your life. Maybe you're not sure, but you can be sure this morning. Can everyone close their eyes and just hear this prayer right now? Maybe it's your friend next to you. This prayer is about salvation. This prayer is about you being connected to God. This prayer is about you being loved by God, cared for by God. Jesus, you are the lover of my soul. Lord God, you love us completely. You paid a price for us on the cross to forgive us of our sins so that we can live in your presence. If you want that, if you want this morning to live in his presence, maybe you did this a long time ago, but this morning you just need to reaffirm your faith towards him. You need to recommit your life towards him. In Jesus' name, I'm encouraging you. I'm appealing to you. Maybe this morning is your morning to say yes to Jesus. Listen to me in your heart of hearts. Listen to me in your heart of hearts. Jesus is crying out to you. He's calling out to you through the chaos of life. You're not in this house for nothing. You've found yourself in a place where you've heard a profound message. God is calling you. God is calling you to a place where he can know you, love you, speak to you, bless you, protect you, provide for you. If that's you and you're in the house, and this morning you'd simply like this prayer for your life, you would simply like to be a Christian. If that's you, I want to ask you in a moment to put your hand up. I want to pray for you. We're all going to pray together, but we want to pray for you and others that want to say yes to Jesus. Whether this is a first-time commitment or a recommitment, or you're just not sure about it. If you were to die tonight, if you were to die this day, are you absolutely sure you're bound for heaven? You need Jesus. The Bible says in Daniel, those whose name is written in the book of life shall be saved. If that's you, my friend, I would be honored, privileged to pray for you. If that's you right now, just put up your hand right now from the front to the back, to this side, to this side, from the very front to the very back. If that's you, if you just need to, if you need to make peace with God, if you need this prayer of salvation, right where you are, just put up your hand right now to the front. If this is your friend next to you, beside you, in front of you, behind you, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father.